0: And welcome to the How to Not Marry a Jerk podcast. This is a countercultural conversation about how to do relationships the biblical way. I hope in all that we say, you hear the loving voice of a father who's got a great future for you. My name is Nate Swanson. I'm the lead pastor at New City Church in Great Falls, Montana. I am joined by my beautiful wife, Rachel.
1: Hey, it's me.
0: Our church's youth pastor, Aaron Sybra. Hello. And his amazing wife, Megan. Hey. Come on, let's dive into today's discussion. All right, so here is how I'm hoping to start today. I want to ask you about some disaster meals. either a disaster meal that you guys have cooked together, something that you shared in your marriage. If you want to out somebody that you shared dinner with and they cooked, we don't even care. Or your mom, maybe your mom, (laughs) mom, we love you. But if you you want to like shout out a horrible recipe, maybe that either your mom loved and kept uh, bringing back to the dinner table when you were growing up or something that you knew like my mom's a good cook, but that was not her best right there. What comes to mind?
2: soup, Barf. (laughs) (laughs) i
3: hate it um my mom did like a cream of spinach and something else i mean it was like chicken or something cream of spinach and chicken soup one time and it was disgusting and we just like (sighs) never let her live it down the rest of my (laughs) high school years oh no they
4: still bring it up on a regular basis
3: we are so but she is a phenomenal cook so
0: my mom did liver and onions. Oh and every time gosh. I mention that, nobody seems to like the idea. I remember enjoying it as a kid. Oh. I actually really liked it. What comes to mind for me, and I'm going to I'm gonna, kind of okay. shout out my wife here. I, it's
2: okay. Early on in
0: our marriage, uh, she had not had much experience cooking, but very little, maybe zero experience cooking venison. Oh, my god! And yeah. if you don't know what that is, somebody in our church had shot a deer, gave us the meat, and we were on a very, very shoestring budget. So we were grateful for the meat. But if you've never had it, it dries out very quickly because it's very, very lean meat. And I came home after work, and she had prepared this... Venison sticks? Was it steak? Is that what it was?
1: Sticks. Yeah. Like, it was like I'll let you finish the story. No, they were like like chicken sticks. Like, you would do like a little bit of meat that you... Like a finger steak? Yeah, like a finger steak. So you'd do like a little small cut of meat roll it in like breaded something and mm. then cook it. And it was awful. Just <laughs>
0: awful. Well, I remember the sound of it hitting the floor when we <laughs> dropped it because it was so hard. It literally, it like rattled on the floor. Yeah. It was Ew. absolutely so bad. done. So what did we do? Did we just fast that night? I, I don't know what we, we did. We didn't
1: eat that. We probably just had ramen.
0: Yeah. It yeah. was a rough one. <laughs>
1: ramen. In fact, there came a time where I said, okay, can is it official to say that we make enough money now that we never have to eat venison again? <laughs> and from that day forward.
4: Still looking forward to it? We
1: have not <laughs> eaten it.
2: <Yeah. laughs>
4: How about you guys? Yeah, I was trying to think of a specific one, and I can't recall like a specific thing, uh, but I know early on Megan Wood, she is great. <laughs> <laughs> she I've learned well. a lot. She She makes phenomenal meals now. But she is was known for a lot of times uh for forgetting that things were being cooked or uh, <laughs> that things were in the oven and i remember i don't it was chicken but i don't remember what the whole meal was but i just remember being a very young husband like we're gonna eat it all like i'm and i ate God, all of serious. it oh I was it the like leftovers. the thrifty
0: side of we will not waste this meal or more like i'm supporting my it, wife <laughs> We Sorry, Megan, it was not, no, I'm going to support my wife, thrifty. it was
4: definitely like, <laughs> that's like $13 worth of chicken right now, it <laughs> oh, could not go to waste, yeah, like, yeah. we are going to eat it, like,
0: that's like a third of our grocery budget for
3: yeah. the yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: Frank's, enough Frank's hot sauce yeah, on most meals, yeah, to be fair, I don't it, think
3: so. I knew how to work the oven timer, and set a timer, oh, funny. for like, ever, like, oh. I could not figure it out. Actually, to this day, I still don't know how to use our oven timer. I just ended up getting an Alexa, like an Echo Dot, oh, okay. and yes, that's, that's my good. kitchen timer. Nice. But I think I just didn't – I mean, I had a phone back then, obviously, so I could have used my phone, but I don't know why. I just, like, yeah. didn't rely on timers, and I would just watch it, and that never worked because I always got distracted.
0: <laughs> so uh, to to use this as a bridge into to t- today's discussion t- – t- 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 <laughs> To today's <laughs> discussion today's discussion um, I won't be able to use references to my wife's cooking in fact you're baking Rachel's a phenomenal baker mm-hmm. if you've had her cookies you know oh, thank she's you very much. world's best you could email her at rachel at amazingcookies.com <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I
1: don't know who you will be emailing
0: yeah. I would love Let to see know. on that Rachel it's will be like so excited rachel to Ray or something. but I will say <laughs> that um, over the years being a father of five and mm. two girls in particular uh, they love to explore uh, the world of Uh, cooking and baking in particular does not always go well if your measurements aren't right, if your ingredients aren't right, if your process isn't right, if your timing isn't right. And that really is kind of the emphasis that we want to bring to the discussion today. we're gonna turn a corner here in a minute but um, there it, it's really sad to me when I think about like the ingredients for a meal you know and and if you've if you've watched the past how to not marry a jerk sermon series that we've done you know that um, I went over the top and had all kinds of ridiculous fun with this and it's so cringy looking back at <laughs> something I recorded seven years ago or something like that but um, if you can imagine just a ludicrous analogy of of just swapping out ingredients depending on what you have in the cabinet or don't have in the fridge, um, grabbing something that looks like another ingredient because it's a close enough visual match does not mean it's going to work in a recipe. And so uh, it, it's it's sad to me when people think they can take, for lack of a better term, any ingredients to a relationship and make it work. Yeah. You know, if, if you think, I can just marry anybody that I want and anybody that I'm attracted to in the moment, anybody who maybe gives me attention, they slowed down and noticed me, and you think that you can just add them to your life then y- y- honestly what you're going to get is you're going to get a disaster recipe right. yeah. your your ingredients really really matter it it's very apparent in baking it is very apparent in in relationships, your ingredients matter. Yeah. Your process matters, right? Mm-hmm. If you decide to crack the egg on top of the cookies after they come out of the oven, like that's that's yeah. just a bad <laughs> process, right? There's, they're yeah. not gonna taste the same, they're not gonna be enjoyable, your process matters. So the order in which you do things, the method that you take in joining two lives, it's it's such an obvious illustration, right? But you can't bake any way you want and you can't do a relationship any way you want. What comes natural, what maybe your natural impulse or inclinations may be are not necessarily going to work. So your ingredients matter, your process matter, your timing really matters. So, If you decide I'm just going to blend this concoction, if I got all the right ingredients and even if I'm doing it in the right order, I could blend all of my ingredients for 12 seconds or 90 minutes. It's going to make a big difference on the consistency of what you put in the oven. And if you put it in the oven for 12 seconds versus 90 minutes, you're going to have a very different end result, right? So your timing really matters. And and through the course of this podcast, we are going to give some insight on who you marry, how you marry, and then when you marry, and uh, the ingredients, the process, and the timing, as in baking in relationships is very, very vital. Um, the f- the next thing we're going to start to chime in on, and ne- starting with our next episode, is kind of this idea of ingredients. Like, who is it? Who is it that you're adding to your life? Who is it that you are going to kind of add to your recipe of marriage? Uh, but before we get there, what we want to emphasize is something that's so critical out of Proverbs chapter 4. I'm going to start reading in verse 20. And, and ultimately, the idea here is that before you add someone to your life in a dating relationship, in a marriage relationship, you really want to know what you're getting yourself into. Listen to this in Proverbs 4, starting in verse 20, and I'm going to read through the end of the chapter, uh, verse 27. It says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Now, now, pick up on the tone that Solomon is writing in. Yeah. He's like over and over and over, he's saying, Son, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Let me start again. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find you and health to a man's whole body. Here's the key verse right here Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet. Listen to this. Take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Over and over and over, he gives him practical advice about like, what do you meditate on and where do you go and what what is uh, the, the thing that you're willing to speak about and think about and focus on? It matters, but he says this right in the middle. Here's the key verse again, above all else, guard your heart. Now, um, if if we've never met in person um, or if you've only known me in recent years, you may not know that in my past, I had growing on the tip of my nose, I had a large and growing mole. Rachel, can true, you back me true up on story. this? True yeah. story. Yeah. I often like to say that before I had it removed, like, it it dangled slow, so low, I had to hold it out of the way as I took a bite. Otherwise, <laughs> it could get mixed up with my soup. Yeah. Do
3: that, you remember those
0: days, Megan? Do you remember?
3: I mean, I don't remember that. Small children, scenario, but
0: small children from our church would dangle from it. I they would grab on it. They it, would swing like on a it. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so all of this is an exaggeration, at least from my perspective. Oh, it's an exaggeration, right, okay. right, 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 yeah, yeah, not accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did have a mole. I did have it removed. I had it for several years. It was growing for several years, and you might wonder, like, why did I wait several years to have it removed? Because I was concerned about the process by which somebody would like slice a mole off of the end of my nose. Because, I mean, think about it. If that goes poorly, right? Maybe that should have been our opening question. If you had to have somebody slice something off of your face, what would be your process for vetting that surgeon?
1: Yeah, how do you vet a surgeon?
4: I don't know. You probably...
1: (laughs) I don't know either.
4: Do you let them cut off something less noticeable first? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's Here's try, my elbow. Let's Chopped try this there
0: first.
1: thing on my foot.
0: <laughs> so check it out. Like, think about it. If if you are going to have something sliced off your face, yeah. you want to know the person who's doing it has a good reputation. It's not their first time, right? right? Yeah. They, they're working with the right tools. They've got experience. They've got, the, like, there's there's their Google reviews are strong, right? Mm-hmm. Think about it this way: If you were going into business, if you were going into business, and you've like maybe you've you've borrowed money from others, and you've you know, developed your plan, and and you're about to like quit your day job and launch strong, who is it that you want as a partner in this process? Who is it that you want bringing advisement and bringing counsel? You want somebody who really knows the field of business you're going into if you if you're relying on their input on their guidance mm-hmm. you want somebody who is actually not going to waste your investment and waste mm-hmm. your money if you are if you're facing a judge for whatever reason say you get into legal trouble and maybe maybe you know you're not at fault but you're about to face a judge and if this goes poorly you could get locked up for a really long time or you're about to go into a job interview and you've got references that you could list on your resume. Who is it that you want? Who is it that you want representing you in a, in a business endeavor? Who is it you want representing you or, or partnering with you in, a, in, in that business venture? Uh, a medical encounter, a legal battle. Who is it that you want? You want somebody who's proven. Mm-hmm. The book of Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart not your finances, not your freedom, not your face. Above all else, guard your heart. And I'm I'm going to sound probably just so increasingly old with every episode. <laughs> but as a dad who really cares about his young adult kids, I think how many single people out of desperation have just thought, you know what, good enough. There's that's mm-hmm. maybe he's not Mr. right, but he's Mr. he's Mr. right now. He's Mr. good <laughs> enough, yeah. good enough for now. Yeah. Above all else, guard your heart. And I, I think uh, one, of the, one of the motivations behind this entire podcast is uh, for Rachel and me watching in, after years of doing youth ministry and young adult ministry and just ministry in general with a variety of ages in our church watching people who were like really doing great in their walk with God. They had momentum, they had traction, they had promise. They, they'd look back on unregrettable seasons. They'd see God come through and deliver and forgive. They're growing strong. And then nothing, nothing as much as a bad relationship or even a good relationship at a bad time yeah. has right. has wrecked so much spiritual momentum.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Over and over and over, we've seen people who have added the wrong person. They had the wrong ingredients or they took the wrong process or they, they chose bad timing right. and they had a disaster. It was like their recipe for marriage became a disaster. And right. the, the biggest thing we want to lean into in this episode, throughout the podcast, we're going to talk about all those dynamics, but in this episode, we want to kind of talk through how is it that you choose somebody that is the right person to add to your Marriage recipe, for lack of a better term. So next week, we're going to start to get into details. But here's here's the biggest thing that I want to propose, knowing that I need to guard my heart, is I believe it's so critical for singles to be aware of not who this person is right now, but what is this person known for? Mm -hmm. What has been their track record? And here's the question I want to provoke to you as a listener, is how well do you really know a person before you take that risk of partnering with them in a relationship, again, you know, if you're getting, if you're going to a dermatologist, you're getting something sliced off your face. You're going before a judge, you know, and you need legal counsel. You're going into business and you need a, a financial backer or, a, or a, you know, some sort of a, a business coach. Like you're going to partner yourself with somebody who's a guarantee.
2: Right.
0: Who are you going to partner yourself with in marriage? I think it's got to be somebody that is known for the things we're about to talk about. We're gonna talk about all kinds of different things, integrity and work ethic and, and relationship and humility and all, all sorts of things. But let's talk about this the dynamic, and I'm, I'm gonna stop here in a moment, I wanna to toss this into the conversation ring. How do you begin to evaluate what a person's known for? How do you begin to see like a, a larger frame of reference for their life and actually know that the person that I think they are is really who they are? How do I start to investigate that process?
3: Well, I think you, it's challenging because if you're in this place, you likely have feelings or attractions for someone. And so removing that at that time for like, cause that's a bias, you know? So you have right. to, in order to, I think have an accurate discernment, you've got to take that bias out for a season to really weigh through like, what is just my heart and my feelings and my attraction and what is actually reality and um, so, just one, being cautious and recognizing, like, oh, these are areas where my heart or feelings are taking over. And then I think another thing is, like, they should be known in your community. Right. Like, if you're pulling them out of some obscure community or if they're not even a part of your church community, I think that's just a red flag in general. Like, if they're not a part of any church and you're a, a Christian, somebody who professes faith with Jesus Christ, then. Like, that should be a number one, like, no. Um, But ultimately, like, the people around you might have the ability. Like, there's a safety net when you have a chorus of people that can help you and be like, you know what? Like, this person is known for this, this, and this. And they're great in these areas. Or you might have somebody that's like, hey, you know what? Why don't you pause here? This person's working through some key things. Who knows? Maybe in the future something will happen.
0: Okay, so let's zoom in on that a little bit. So you're making a few assumptions here that I think are healthy assumptions that I think a lot of people don't make. Before you've ever talked to that person about your feelings for them, you've actually discussed that person with other people. Is yeah. that what you're saying?
3: Yes, I'm yes, and I agree. Most people are like deep into the relationship and yeah. even maybe even at a serious dating relationship and then they're having the questions of like well, what is this person known for? And by then it's like, you've been invested in this person for months. Right, right. Um, so yes, I was making the assumption that they haven't taken that dive. So I think to back up a little bit, as you develop feelings or attraction for someone before you ever communicate that to that person yeah. or start to pursue that person, finding out their, you know, things about their life and what they're actually known for. Cause the further you get into it the harder it is to guard your heart because yeah. your heart's more invested
0: so so let's talk about like the picking a dermatologist or a lawyer or whoever you know when you when, when you went into any one of those situations and you're like talking to a doctor or talking to a lawyer, lawyer or whatever it's really awkward after you've met with them to be like Yeah, I'd rather not use your services, Uh, you know, even on a professional level. So you're talking to a realtor, right? Who's had this experience, right? It's like you're talking to a realtor. It's like they already know I want to list my house. We're friends. We kind of know each other from church. It's way easier to not choose that person without them knowing they were a consideration. Right. Then letting them think they have a shot right. at this business relationship right. and then having to explain to them later why you didn't use them. Right. Yeah. So just on a professional level that's awkward. Mm, right. But you put the heart involved, right? Oh yeah. You put you put Feelings. your emotions involved, you put all that involved. And you let them know later, because check it out. How great would this be? Um, Rachel, I'm actually, you know, I need to kind of like just back off a little bit. we got to slow things down. How many times have we heard that? we got to like just slow things down. I need to take a few steps back because, you know, I've just, why? Well, I've just heard, you know, I just like some people in my life, like they care about me, they love me, they they want what's best for me, but they've kind of cautioned me. All of a sudden, Rachel's now wondering, who's saying what? About me. Right. All of a sudden she's feeling scrutinized. She's feeling judged. She's feeling measured.
1: Right.
0: And and it's really awkward. And
1: none of that was necessary. None of that was necessary. necessary. All of that could have been avoided.
0: All right. So let let's drill down on this just a little bit more because I think it's a good question to ask like when does a relationship start? I mean, we're in the digital age, right? We're in the social media
2: age. Oh, yeah. yes. We're
0: not in the age of the 1950s where, you know, our grandparents, you know, our parents would ask each other, hey, you want to go steady and you want to go to the dance with me on Friday night? And that was maybe the start of the relationship. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Or you'd send a little note to the next, the person sitting next to you. Yeah. Check yes or no.
0: Yeah, we're <laughs> not in the 1980s slipping right. notes back and forth and, you know, mark this box if we're going to go steady. Right. We're in a totally different age. So when does what what if i'm guarding my heart these days in the days of snapchat and and i an anonymous social media what does guarding my heart look like so that i don't start these conversations too soon and make it hard for myself to to back off
2: right
4: mm. so to get clarity you're asking the question when so you're saying in a healthy place where, where yeah i think
0: start? Well, let me put it this way, like how do how does that like anonymous social media, how does that blur the lines mm-hmm. in relationships and where does that complicate this whole process of guarding your heart? How do you, or, or how do you guard your heart in this age? I guess we could yeah. tackle it in any one of those directions.
4: I think there'd be, in my mind, things that you should begin to examine is when you prioritize anything of that person above the way you would prioritize anybody else. So let me just put it into a social media thing. I'm going to somebody's Instagram page more than I would another person's Instagram page. There's already things that are being stirred inside of me in that, and that I should be starting those conversations with those people that help me guard my heart in that season, in that time. If you're starting to get personal, if you're starting to prioritize a great example is you got invited to one friend's house, but you heard this person was going to another friend's house or something like that. And you make a decision or a choice to change your plans or to change your whatever mm-hmm. to do those things, at that time, you're you're emotionally starting to invest in that person. And uh, there's healthy ways, I think, that you can do that. But I think at that point, like, that would be a trigger in my mind to be like, oh, I'm investing. I want to be wise in the right. way I approach and continue this. Mm-hmm. But I would say that's yeah. the start of a relationship.
3: Yeah. I and think- they can
4: be clueless, too, in that. And you could be creating something in your heart a desire for a relationship that might not be healthy at that point.
3: Yeah. I think when it comes to social media, that there are just so many ways we can get tied to somebody without ever having to have personal contact with them. And so you can, people develop full relationships without ever meeting in person, without even knowing the true identity of someone. And so that's just a really good, Recognition that the heart gets attached to things so easily because that's just a desire we have that that can be healthy and God given in the right, right moments in the right time. Um, but when it comes to apps like Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, you can message someone, you can be anonymous in it, you can have these very confidential private like uh, relationships without anybody ever being involved. And it, right. it could legitimately be harmless. It could legitimately be as friendship. But typically there always leads to feelings there because you're spending so much time invested in this relationship over an app. And I think Snapchat is just dangerous in general because it is it disappears. And so yeah. there's so many things that can be said or done on Snapchat. That could be, honestly, very harmful to where your relationship is at. People can send you things. It can just be super unhealthy. And so I think that's a terrible way to communicate with anybody. Um, yeah. But I think when it comes to social media, is like you have to guard your heart in your communication with people, even texting. Like I think texting falls in this category. There was a story right. once. Can, like,
0: I, can I pause for just a moment? Yeah. Because in case any of our listeners were picking up on the audio of our dog lapping water
3: in the <laughs> background. I didn't even hear the dog. I just want to make it clear that was none of us. <laughs> that was none of us at the table. Zara I apologize for that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: I was so distracted through most of that, thinking. I thought, it was what a are great they way hearing, and what are they thinking about what they're hearing? But. Good, um, good points, Megan.
3: My point with the texting was, I remember there was a guy in our church that did not, at the time, have a great reputation, and he had a reputation who was of, it? <laughs> of just being intrigued and interested by girls in the wrong ways. I think at at points he was trying to pursue a multitude of girls, and I remember keeping his options open. He pursued one of the girls who I absolutely love. Her response: he had texted her, and she immediately responded with why are you texting me personally? Is it regarding something work-wise or ministry-wise? And he was like, no, I just want to get to know you better. And so she asked for clarity in his intentions, which I thought was great. And he said, no, I just want to get to know you better. And she was like, okay, well, I don't communicate with guys one-on-one. And I don't have a desire to pursue anything else with you. So we're done here. Kind of. I don't think she ended it that abruptly, but sucker.
0: I think she ended with sucker. We're done here. Sucker.
3: (laughs) But nonetheless, I was like, "Wait, (laughs) I I don't think she did. I think she probably just politely said, I'm not really looking for anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sucker. (laughs) And I think that did not like, she honestly guarded his heart in the process. Like, I don't think his intentions were great, but she guarded his heart by telling Mm -hmm. him like, I'm just not willing to go there. And I'm not going to waste your time with it. And I think people are just so desperate to feel something, to feel loved, to feel Mm -hmm. in a relationship that they're, even if they're not interested in the relationship, they'll sometimes allow it to go further than it should because they just want to feel.
2: Right, right. Yeah.
1: Even if she was interested in that, I think it's smart to start there and say, don't have this conversation over text. Oh, yeah. Like, you better be talking to other people before you're starting this over a text and be talking to me in person. Tell me in person that yeah. you want to get to know me better. If you don't have the gumption, <laughs> what's another
2: word? The
0: intestinal fortitude, <laughs> the courage, you the don't forthrightness. Have the
1: courage to do that, then you probably aren't the right person for me. Okay,
0: there. Oh man, there are so many layers to this. You guys, there's so many things that I would love to attack with this. <laughs> Let's go here first. How courageous are you? On text or social media versus um, face-to-face yeah. yeah and and this is something again I'm gonna sound like a dinosaur here but this is something that is easier to see having come from the generation where we didn't have cell phones and text messaging right. and social media right. then crossing into this world where it's so common there are things that you will blast on social well, mm-hmm. some people will blast on social media they would never see face oh, say yeah. face-to-face yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah think
0: about reviews like Yelp reviews or, or whatever reviews like I mean that you yeah. would never actually just raise your hand get the attention of the way Talk to right. a manager and say the things that you would all caps one star review <laughs> on a local restaurant. Right. You would just never do that.
4: Some people on this podcast would do that. <laughs>
2: did someone do that? Oh, did. You, it? It. you did? Yeah. What?
4: So they, uh, they would definitely <laughs> tell somebody, somebody oh, if he thought oh, yeah. the service was lackluster. <laughs> <Tell> he <laughs> would tell him, a manager, tell to no their problem. Face. Yeah, yeah you but you I'm them from
0: them. the old school <laughs> <laughs> before we had social media and texting. But think about it like, literally, you, I mean, there are people I've, I've learned in years past there are people in our church who have had a relationship purely on texting and yeah. Yeah. social media yeah and they were never together like in group settings on a so friendship weird. level and we learned like weeks into I, one occasion probably months into them fostering this private relationship yeah. that there was interest there and it was like they were intentionally keeping it quiet yeah. right. but even if you're not intentionally keeping it quiet, even if you're just kind of like feeling things out there, you will cross threshold after threshold so much more easily texting it than talking it,
2: Mm -hmm. than actually
0: walking it out. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so dangerous. So for sake of clarity, let me just state a couple of thoughts right here and then we can unpack this more if we need to. It would be our counsel, that when you start to notice somebody, I just want to be really plain here. When you start to notice somebody that you think, okay, this person could be my ingredient, my secret ingredient mm-hmm. for my special marriage of recipe, <laughs> mar- re- marriage of re- recipe of marriage. <laughs> when you start to notice that person, before you ever talk to them and before you ever express interest to them, you would slow down, you would guard your heart, you would talk to somebody else and yeah. say, hey, you know me, what do you think of me progressing in this relationship right. mm-hmm. and do you know them what do you think about them being a prospect for me in relationship That's so, smart. so we, we can slow down and there's there's follow-up beyond that but even to this point social media complicates this right. texting complicates yes. this oh, there's so many other anonymous things that complicate this but even remove remove technology out of this completely even if you went back to the old school days of we're, we're just going to talk face to face before you ever approach that relationship, it is our counsel and our, our, our preference for you. My goodness, guard your heart. Yeah. Yes. Talk to someone else before you talk to them.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
0: here's what I've seen in my experience is when there's an understanding, a mutual understanding of attraction it's just a matter of time. Right. And, and to back off that relationship is really, really hard.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean,
0: think back to when, when you were like standing in your locker in middle school and you had no idea, you know, you didn't even think about the opposite sex. Somebody comes up to you and says, oh, you know, so-and-so Rachel thinks you're cute. I'm like, I don't even know who Rachel is, but she sounds brilliant.
2: Yeah. And I want to get to know her now. <laughs> yeah. Like
0: we should absolutely spend more time together. Yeah. Right. As soon as there's an understanding that this person likes me. Who doesn't want to feel desired?
2: Right. Who doesn't right. want
0: to feel valued? Who doesn't want to feel loved? Who doesn't want to feel noticed? Who doesn't want to feel attractive? So right. listen, when when that is expressed, it's like your heart just, your heart is engaged. Right. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be. So every text is treasure. Right. Every talk is treasure. Every step is treasure. Right. And you don't want your heart to go toward the wrong person. So you want to slow down and give yourself gateways, gateways to make sure that this person that I'm approaching, A, I'm ready for them, but they're actually a good prospect for me. So let's, let's unpack that a little bit more.
4: Reflecting on what you've heard? Consider sending us your questions. When you email podcast at newcity.church, your feedback could shape one of our future episodes. It's a simple way to keep the podcast relational and relevant for you.
0: I'm think passionate about this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm dominating. Please talk.
4: Yeah, about. I think there's a great concept in there you said where your treasure is there's your heart is there's also the parable of the pearl of great price Mm -hmm. and if you think about that it's talking a lot a lot of the good news it's talking about jesus and the gospel but what does that man do when he finds the pearl of great price he sells everything yeah Yeah. to get that Mm -hmm. and i think we've got to understand this. We're innately designed to desire intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. Like the key intimate relationship is our relationship with God that we're to desire that first. But there's also something that happens with people. We find that in the community of church. We find that in family, find that in a lot of dynamics, but we all have an urge. Every person has a desire to be intimately known by another that's uniquely designed for your spouse. Mm -hmm. That's designed for you. And, um, when we're searching for that, and we're not sure, and we're not including other people in that, you might find yourself in a position where you've sold everything Mm. for the pearl of great Mm -hmm. price. That's good. And here's the thing is you haven't gotten any counsel on that. Like if you were to sell everything and to purchase something, would you not want the input and the advice (laughs) of people that have done this before you? And I feel like guarding your heart, one of the things I feel happens a lot in youth ministry is couples will come to us and they'll tell us the decision they've made instead of asking for permission permission's not the right asking for our opinions guidance our and thoughts and guidance yeah. and they're already in it and it's like well i don't i can't give you any feedback
1: yeah as a leader you're stuck right you, yeah you have to either completely tell them oh okay that's a bad decision you just made or you have to say okay good good luck like they they almost tell you as if asking your uh permission but it's like you've already made your decision yeah i just dropped my car
0: off decision. at the mechanic do you think they're any good yeah, yeah
1: that's
0: well now what are you gonna do like <laughs> i, I I'm, I'm scheduled for this surgery and i'm fasting because i'm going in at 6 a.m tomorrow like you think i should do this yeah uh do, do, really can i pull that plug yeah i hired this lawyer he's on retainer do you think he's worth the shot yeah how many other illustrations could I give that? You're all looking at me like, you got another one? <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: I think when it comes to this, I think people are just, they get they get excited and they start to move forward without really talking to people around them. And I do think this is very countercultural. Like this is not, like I was even raised in a Christian home and it was not normal to bring other people into my relationships. And it's kind of like, I just did it on my own. And the two relationships I had before I met Aaron were just like, they weren't great. Like, Mm -hmm. and there was so many things like I remember. Could you name
0: those guys (laughs) right here, please? No, no, I'm good.
3: Uh, (laughs) I remember one in high school in particular, after we broke up, there was like a mentor figure in my life. And she was like, Oh yeah, we did not think that was a good idea. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, Oh man, why didn't you say something? I I probably would have listened to her honestly. Yeah. like and maybe she did say something and I ignored her. Who knows? Yeah, um,
4: yeah. did you ask Megan?
3: I mean, yeah, that <laughs> the problem is like I, but I was never trained to ask. Right. Sure. So right. there was an aspect of like nobody stepped in and was like, oh, I just want to make sure you're thinking this through, you know because um, I do think there is there's safety in that. like there's right. safety in that understanding.
0: I've told the story before, like there was a young guy in the church years ago who was like he just had a couple of bad relationships that were, you know, it was like the church was smaller than it was like pretty visible. And we were kind of just talking to him about like, you know, what if you just like slow down? You know, wait for the one that God wants for you, and he's like, "Oh man, I don't want the one God wants for me." He's like, <laughs> basically saying, "She's gonna be, she sure she'll be holy and good and everything, but she'll be ugly and boring." And oh, and, and he he so had it in his head that to wait for what God wanted with with affirmation from those around him yeah. was just like, man, just sign me up for the worst relationship ever. Yeah, I think. Inherent in this conversation, we've got to evaluate our motives and say, like, hold on, are we trying to make something of our relationship that God doesn't want to make? Like, do we do we trust God's heart for us and His direction and His choice for us or not? And then, if if these are people surrounding you that are cheering you on, the people that we're urging you to get counsel from, like, don't they want something awesome for you too? Like, do they just want a miserable relationship?
1: Yeah, I was telling Megan earlier, I. There are, there's something, and I'm sure it's a God-given thing. There's something inside me. When you come and ask me about a relationship, I have a gut feeling and it's usually right. Like this is a good thing or this is What do you think about trying. Aaron and Megan? I, th- I think it's going to work out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's been go for good. a season. But I mean, <laughs> there's a You guys are just... really
0: scraping by. I'm into it.
1: And obviously there's a care for that person and a love for that person that, In no way do I want to squelch what they would want or whatever, but I want the absolute best for them. So when someone comes and asks me, my heart is that I can say, yes, this is great. Let's do this. But I also know I don't want you to go into something that you shouldn't go into because you're going to be – in a hill of beans. <laughs> They're going to be
2: in the, <laughs> in the hill? In the hill. Oh, no. It oh,
0: went really bad. I hope they didn't get they there with their gumption.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they did. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, mean, I think one thing we see in young people a lot is that when they reach the age of transition.
0: It's 4.06, everyone. Oh, okay. Don't know when you're listening, but this is <laughs> when we're recording at 4.06. Jesus, we thank you for more opportunities, more resources, and more anointing to thank make more disciples. disciples. And God, will you make that buzzing stop wherever what it's is
3: coming it? from? I think that's fine. It's hooked oh. in over there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Nate this. is
4: frantically searching the entire room just to keep you into it. He's looking everywhere. This brief commercial
1: phone. break is brought to you by
4: uh, Cafe Rio. Cafe
1: Rio, <laughs> the place to get a burrito that they will Dang indeed it, I have. Fry. A point.
3: Oh, I remember what the point was. Young people, when they're at the age, they're oftentimes in a lot of transition for some reason they're like this is a great time for me to get into a relationship and it's like you have no idea what you're doing or like you're going to college and she's staying here or you're in the military and you're getting stationed in a year
2: right and
3: those are the relationships where i'm like oh could you just slow down and wait and see like maybe god will do something maybe that person will get out maybe they'll they won't go to college sure that's great but it's like they they get into this like in between phase where they're like yes we're moving towards a relationship but we still don't know the future so we're like committed but also if the future changes we're not committed and i've just seen it go yeah. south many times and it's just sad because they didn't guard their heart right. and then one person moves on inevitably because yeah. life has taken them to another season right. and it's like if if you could have just you know taken a step back held your feelings back and just waited to see what the future led to? Or even like, are you willing to take that dive, that jump with it? If it's a serious relationship. Are you going to move with them? Are you right. going to support them in college? Whatever. Right. Um, but I think that's hard for young people to get because they are often in such a season of transition.
0: So before you ever start that conversation with that person that could be a potential for you, again, we're urging you... <laughs> Aaron's self-destructing over there.
2: That was a good one. He was trying so hard
0: to muffle that sneeze, he blew an eardrum.
2: Here's some good advice:
1: when one needs to sneeze, you just let it out. Just let it go. Just let let it go. go. Don't try to hold it back. We all learned in elementary school that never ends well.
0: This is why you should be watching the podcast on YouTube rather than listening to it wherever you are. All right. Because there's so many visual treats. You should have seen me. Uh, Earlier on, Aaron was dangling from my mole. It was great. It was really, really cool.
3: Okay. All right. So, um... So
0: again, our, our urge for you, and this, is, this podcast is primarily aimed at single people at New City Church. So if you're not in relationship with us, you could think we're bizarre, all right? If you are in relationship with us, you do think we're bizarre. But here's our hope for you, is that before you start that conversation with somebody that you're drawn to, talk to someone that knows you. Yeah. slow down we've we've emphasized already in our, our in our just two preceding episodes how much community is at play in doing relationships mm-hmm. well slow down talk to somebody ask them do you feel like i'm ready for this yeah. and then what do you know of this person what vantage point do you have about their life because i want to above all else i want to guard my heart yeah. i want to do this right so that has to do with the person but it also has to do with your process, your process. And let's get a little bit back more into the social media conversation, because I think that's so huge right now. I I would urge you. And by the way, I think there are some there are m- multiple reasons for this. But I, I think it is really important to avoid a lot of private one on one communication.
3: Yeah, totally.
0: I w- I want to go even beyond be on the initiation of a relationship. Let's say you've got people around you that are cheering you on. Yeah, this is a great relationship. I think you're good to go. You know, I think you know. Here's the timing and here's some advice. But say you're even in a relationship, I think there are times that you could be talking, you could be texting, and you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Because actually, Proverbs says, "When words are many, sin is not absent." Right. Yeah. And there, I think there was something that in our in our process of getting together. Now we were before cell phones. We were getting together before cell phones. Rachel was living in Portland. Uh, she was sharing a telephone in the dorm with I don't know how many other girls. And in order to communicate, we would have to like strategize Be by the downstairs dorm room phone on Wednesday at 5 p.m. And I'm going to call and try to get that homeschool girl from from Salem away from the phone so I can actually get through. Like it was literally a strategy (laughs) to get to talk. And there is something about having to wait to talk Mm -hmm. that I think is so, so healthy. It changes your communication. There, there are stupid things that I would think, and I would not have time, I, I, or, or I, I had so much time to think about those things sure. that I would end up not saying them, yeah. because by the time I actually got a chance to communicate those things, I'd realized, okay, no, I was just being prideful, or I was just being yeah. insecure, or was just being like, or I've talked to somebody else about it, and they're like, I don't think that's what she meant by that, and there, there was health. There was better patterns and healthier patterns of communication built into our relationship because we didn't communicate as much.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One of my concerns for younger people today is you—you can just talk mm-hmm. nonstop. Yeah,
1: text right. all day. I
0: mean, right now it's like if you get left on red for four minutes, you're like, what? right?
2: Yeah.
0: And there is something so valuable about learning to wait. Right. Um, it's actually really interesting. We were just listening to a podcast recently about was it granddaughters of a of a lady who she had given them these rules for dating.
1: Yeah, it's a book that's written,
0: and she's not writing from a Christian perspective at all. Mm-mm. And she was writing to her, her granddaughters like really liberal, like women's lib, and we're strong, and we don't, you know, we'll we don't need a door held open for us, and we'll pay for every meal, and you know, men aren't sure. whatever. And and they they were both single later in life, and they're like. This is for the birds. Grandma gives them these rules. And one of the rules she gave them is essentially you need to talk less mm-hmm. and you need to back off. And if a man asks you out, and this is, this is I think, probably back in the 80s or 70s or yeah, 80s that I they received remember. the advice. So cell phones and social media weren't part of the package. But, um, but they, she said, if a man asks you out for the weekend after Wednesday, say no.
1: Say you have plans.
0: Say you already have plans. And just she, because she's saying if he doesn't value you enough to prioritize you earlier on, blow him off and and don't call him. And like you wait. And, and, and I mean, a lot of her advice, we didn't read the whole list, but a lot of her advice was basically don't be so stinking available.
3: Yeah. 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 No joke.
0: <laughs> because the hunt makes the hunter desperate. Yeah. He wants and and when the hunt is hard, he's actually going to value it more. He's actually going to value it more. And so I I think there's a a very scriptural side of this, just a purity side. I'm going to guard my heart side. I'm not going to enter into a relationship and communicate too much side and get into difficult territory. But I think there's also a really practical side of this that, man, ladies, let me speak to you specifically. Ladies, you don't know yet how desirable you are because you've made yourself too available.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: Quit texting. Quit calling back.
3: Yeah. I agree. I think uh, with texting too, you can't read tone. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I just think how many countless relationships have been so one sided because one person thought, wow, this is advancing. And the other person was like, well, I'm bored and I'll just entertain this. (laughs) And I just think I've talked to so many people that are like, I thought he really liked me. He talked to me all the time. And it's so sad because then they talk to that person and, in face-to-face or in person and they're right. like oh no that's not what I meant and so I think that's sad because that shows that that person's not known for guarding hearts because if if you're hanging out with a guy that's texting other girls all the time yeah like oh. why would you want to spend yeah. time with him because he can't value you right. in yeah. front of you
0: why would you want to be one of the five right that yeah. he's constantly communicating with right.
3: and so knowing like when it goes back when you're going back to like someone you're known someone that's known for something like I feel like If I were to do it all over again and I was 20 in this age, I would not. Like, I would be so cautious to be like, okay, who who are you texting all the time? Like, who's on your Instagram and who's on your Snapchat? And how how much are you communicating with these people? Because I'm not willing to be one of your many. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah, Megan doesn't have to worry about that. I'm pretty well known for not texting anyone back. So. <laughs> so <laughs> She's not worried about that. And, and I well,
0: think well, one well, of the impulse well, fears that could come up is like, well, what if what if he stops texting me? What if he loses yeah, interest? Yeah. Great. Let him go. Yep. Let him go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause he will probably he'll probably lose interest later on in life too. So yeah, you don't want to fight for that.
0: Yeah. If the only way you're keeping the other person's interest is by, like, entertaining them and jumping every time they say, it's probably not a really – it's not a very in-depth attraction.
3: Right, right.
0: We've shared uh, briefly in one of the previous episodes that Rachel and I, uh, after we started dating, we broke up for a season. And the reason was actually because uh, we had so many people cheering us on. That when we got together, like immediately, there was like a chorus of voices in her family, in my family, in in church family that were so in favor of it. I didn't like the idea of our whole future being decided by others, and I I, I thought I want to marry this girl because I'm really in love with her, not because, not because I'm I, I, everybody's talking me into it. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of gave us some space. We we remained friends. We stayed in communication, but I think there was something about her poise. And her, she wasn't clamoring for my attention. She wasn't, you know, constantly, you know, reaching out or what do you think? Do you know, is there a chance? Do you think we could maybe like, she was just steady and I could tell she had a confidence in God mm-hmm. and it gave me the time to realize, because once I broke up with her, all the voices kind of died down. You know, they weren't cheering me on for breaking up with her, but they no, also they to talk about marriage would have been, uh, you know, it would have been a, a, a non sequitur. So it just wouldn't have fit. So there, there then gave me that, that then gave me time and it gave me margin to really just consider what would my life be like without her. And I remember when we got back together, it basically, we got back together with me saying, I, 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 I can't stand Great Falls without you. I, I don't want to be here without you. I don't want to live life without you. Wherever you are, that's where I want to be. And she was like, what are you talking about? Cause I'm we, moving
2: to Japan. We
0: had cooled down to friendship. <laughs> yeah. But it gave me shocked. time to recognize what I was really lacking. And I really wanted her. And had she made herself overly available, I don't know if I would have ever gotten there.
1: That's an interesting thought. Yeah, yeah,
3: definitely.
0: Okay, so how do you determine what is a person known for? Uh, obviously, let me let me just throw out a few questions. Is it out of the question to meet somebody online? Could yeah. you actually find a godly relationship online?
4: Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. And yeah. I think and we're in a reality where that what's crazy is like how far we've come since 10 years ago. Yeah. Like uh-huh. you could meet somebody online and they could be, you know, but now, well, now we're getting into a world where there's a whole nother element of that with AI and stuff like yeah, that, but you can true. actually meet that person face to face or be in a community in a sense and get a vibe from what they what they produce and who they are before you actually engage further in that. And I think there's healthy ways to do that. For
0: yeah. People. So what would be some advice? Cause I, I, I agree. I think we would all agree at this table that you can be somebody online and it could be the foundation of a good relationship. What are some steps that we would caution people with though? Like say, you know, our daughter Isabel meets some guy online. What would we caution her to do to make sure that he's a legit choice?
1: I think definitely you need even more like safeguards and, uh, people speaking into it and being open and honest about that relationship because if you have not met them in person and you don't know people that know that person then you really want to make sure that you have other people in your corner that are helping you vet this because Mm -hmm. the bible also says that your your heart is deceitful above all else and your heart will tell you things that are not accurate yeah did my burp make it onto the recording <laughs> no, It didn't. hence my pause for a moment um but your your heart will lie to you and so you want to have mentors in your life established relationships that are telling you whether this is a good thing or a bad thing and even getting to know that
3: person yeah I, yeah yeah I think um Like I, like you said, I think people can, that's certainly doable. I think there is a risk associated with it that is different because you don't Mm -hmm. know that person and they could tell you all these things about them, but who knows if they're true or not. So I think there's an element of like a trial in a sense of like, you kind of have to weigh through like what they're saying and if it's true or not and just way through like it's possible they may have exaggerated things mm-hmm. and right. be cautious of that I think I personally would probably investigate their church because I think yeah. you can tell a lot about someone from their church and even if I was like if it was my child maybe I would even go as so far as to contact a yeah. pastor from the church yeah. and be like hey you know what like this this guy is pursuing my daughter is he involved in your church because um I know in the past, I've talked to young adults who have been interested in online relationships, and they're like, Well, he goes to church. Yeah, a lot of people go to church yeah. two, three times a year, and right. that's right. it. And, and they and
1: think, I go to church. Yeah. And
3: oh, so. Oh, man. Insane. Yeah. I'll
0: run into somebody at New City and I'll be like, How long have you been coming to church here? Oh, about five years like what luckily I was with a guy recently whose friend replied that way he's like dude you've been here like five times in five years (laughs) I was like I feel so much better for not knowing you yet (laughs) Yeah. yeah but in his mind oh, this is where I go to church. Yeah. Right.
3: So I think I would be like, okay. Because like you could talk to this family, like the family of the person you're interested in, but they also might be super biased about their own kids. So right. really the only way to safely investigate somebody's life is to go to their, their community and yeah. they should be involved in a local church and they should have somebody in their church that can vouch for their character. And if right. they don't, then that's a red flag of yeah. like, you're not actually involved in the local church yep, and great. you're probably not going to be at this rate right
0: right right absolutely without question if my any one of my kids said i found this person online i would be contacting their church Mm -hmm. and if their church is large enough to where the person that answers the phone doesn't know them then i'd say hey redirect me like figure out like what where are they they serving in ministry do they attend a small group i want to get i want to get in communication with somebody who knows this person right exactly and
4: if
1: that person
0: doesn't exist that's a problem
1: yeah Yep. definitely
4: yeah, I think that's something that you've just got to slow down Yeah, all, all of it. Slow right. down all of it. Slow down all of it. And, yeah, I think that's great. I love the idea of contacting their church. And if you'd have some – let me just say this. If you're in our community and you don't have somebody in your life that's willing to do that for you, come to a pastor. Yeah. I would make a call on the behalf of somebody to ask questions, and mm-hmm. I would never be uh, bothered by doing that. I absolutely would love to help yeah. somebody with that. For
0: those who are hearing this thinking like, what in the world? Is this like a background check? Is this like security clearance? Kinda. Let me c- bring back to Proverbs 4, above all else. Yeah. Above all else, guard your heart. Yeah. hmm Come on, you're talking about you your heart. You, you got one heart. You got one heart. I I heard this great illustration. Um, Warren Buffett is not known for being a believer, but he's a billionaire. And he was talking to a group of high school kids and he says, How how cool would it be? He's like, No, I'm not gonna do this. Don't get your hopes up. But he said, What if I bought every single one of you your own car today? Brand new vehicle, you could pick it out, whatever color, whatever model, whatever, whatever price tag, doesn't matter. I'll foot the bill, you pick it out. You'd be thrilled. Now, what if I said, you can only have that car. That's the only car you'll ever drive for the rest of your life. Yeah. He's like, you would care for it differently. You would care for it. You'd probably choose it differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd choose a different vehicle, but you'd also care for it very, very differently. And his point was, you've got one body. Take care of your body. Mm-hmm. My point is, you got one heart. You've got one heart, the seat of emotion, the seat of, of where you interact with God. Like think of how many people have jacked up lives because of insecurity and fear and pride. And they've got so many issues with addiction and and hang-ups. You might be one of those people currently. God doesn't want you to stay there. He's got life for you. He's got health for you and getting into a bad relationship or even a great relationship at the wrong time is not going to help you. Yeah. Man, there, there are two girls that I thought I was going to marry, like not simultaneously, two different <laughs> girls in two different ways, that, two different seasons that I thought I was going to marry before Rachel. At the time when those relationships ended, I was devastated. Now I'm thrilled. I'm yeah. thrilled. Yeah. And nothing against them, but Rachel's just, she's the perfect fit for me. Guard your heart. Yeah. Be willing to take it slow. Be willing to slow down and be sure of what you're getting into. Marry somebody who is known for, you know what they're known for. Yeah. You know their community. You know their investments. You know their their patterns. That's so important. Let, let's yeah. talk about those people who maybe aren't, you know, so remote that we met them online, but just in the church, how does a person start to get a sense of who is this person? You know, say I've, I've seen them, I've noticed them, I've been around them. What are some steps that they can take before going public face to face. Hey, you know, I'd like to get to know you. What what do you think? What what are some steps a person could take to actually like just investigate who is this person uh, that I think is maybe attractive?
4: Yeah, let me I want to jump in on that one because I have a lot of thoughts on this one. I think communicating with people that you're personally invested with about that person and there's got to be a wisdom in who that who you choose. A teenage girl Mm -hmm. who loves a teenage or likes a teenage boy should not talk to another teenage girl. Yeah. Like, just 100%. That person's not going to give you good advice. Right. Find somebody that's married. Find somebody that's further along. Find somebody that's a spiritual leader in your life. Somebody... And just begin to ask questions. What do you know about this person? And I would go as far as like, I would say there's wisdom, including church leadership. Now that doesn't have to be a pastor. I think there's wisdom in that. But somebody that's leading them in ministry, because when you lead people in ministry, you just get to know their heart. You get to know their faithfulness. You get to know a lot of their character and their integrity through the way that you see them function in ministry. And I can tell you a lot about the person that I've served next to, that I've strived next to, that we've worked next to, that I've gotten my hands dirty with. I can tell you a lot about that person, what they talk about, what makes them tick, what they enjoy, those things. So I can give you pretty healthy feedback on, and I may not even communicate those things, but I might just ask questions like, you know, they're really into the outdoors. How do you feel about that? I hate the outdoors. Okay, well, that might be a good indicator. Something this isn't the person it, for you. I could get into it. Well, right. you know, guard your heart. Like, yeah. Well, well e- even
0: certain things, things like, um, you know, where do you feel called to be? Man, I really feel called to, to, to yeah, Great Falls. I feel totally. like this is my yep. assignment. Or Kosovo is a big emphasis in our church. Well, this person's in the military, and they're going to get transferred in the next mm-hmm. three years. Right. You yeah. know? Do, do you understand what comes with a military lifestyle right. or this person is in medical school to become a traveling nurse like their vi- their vision is to be gone consistently mm-hmm. yeah. is that compatible with what you believe you're called to either one of you has to sense a change in calling right or you have to recognize maybe this is just a brother in Christ or a
3: sister in Christ that I can cheer on from
0: the yeah. Or a I
3: think you just quietly wait it out. Like yeah. you don't go forward and you just wait and see. like
0: Yeah, and see sure. if God changes their trajectory or yours. Yeah,
3: because yeah. I think there's times where I've watched people have one one has one dream and one has another, and it's like you sit back and then suddenly it shifts. Right. And then they're both on the same trajectory without much compromise. It was just yeah. like it naturally happened. Right. Um, I think with this, um, spending time in, like, group settings where you can see them interact. If you're spending time one-on-one all the time, first of all, you're not guarding your heart because you're attaching yourself to Mm -hmm. them. Right. Um, But you can also see how they interact with their friends and how they interact with their, um, like, other families or other areas of life. And, um, like, you can see, like, oh, are they just on their phone the entire time with their friend group? Because, like, are they going to treat you any different? Right. Um, You know, are they... Are they the one that's, like, putting down everybody in the room constantly or insecure or, like, moping in the corner if they didn't get their way? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I've seen this happen on just, like, in various young adult groups where it's like, okay, you can you can really see someone's true colors when they're rubbed raw in different social settings mm-hmm. right. that are maybe uncomfortable or annoying to them or irritating. Like you can see their reactions, their weaknesses, right. their good things. And then you can also see the things about them that, that you might enjoy of like, oh, they're a really generous person. Like they will go out of their way to take someone home or to make sure this person's cared for. They're mm-hmm. very empathetic or they have this depth in the word that you just can't see at times, but you'll see it in your small group setting or you'll see it in ministry. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think finding those atmospheres that are safe where you're not spending all this exclusive time together, but you're able to see different aspects of their personality that are being tried and tested.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think even just watching them during a weekend service, Mm -hmm. you know, from a distance, I'm, I'm watching them I'm noticing them. Are they actually worshiping and they're engaging? Right. Are they scrolling through their phone or are they actually listening to the message? Yeah. Are they a distraction to others or are they contributing to others? Are they are they just sitting there and seem to be soaking things in because it's all about what they receive or are they looking for opportunities to give even if they're not scheduled to serve? Do they have the heart of a person yeah, who is actually yeah. going to engage, but watching them in group settings, watching them from a distance in those environments where you can get away with it without looking really creepy.
1: Yeah. I love that. I, think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that because I think of like how many people we've watched over the years where she like clearly loves the Lord is in worship, hands raised, absolutely giving her whole heart. And then she marries a guy who comes late to church you know, is in and out or like, it does not engage in worship. He thinks it's weird too, or whatever. And you're like, do you want to stand by that person right. in church for the rest of your life? Cause that's what you're going to do.
2: Right. If and you're your
1: going to go down kids that are road. Gonna or follow that. Yeah. 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 And I think I want a husband that is submitted to the Lord and comes to church worshiping, not just like coming to entertain himself and learn from whatever, but one that actually comes to church worshiping, ready to give what God's put in him and ready to help build the church in that, um, that day. Like not just, um, somebody that's like, Oh, what can I receive from this? But what am I giving to this?
0: In case you're wondering, an angel just got his wings. (laughs) I don't know what that chime is, but I'm assuming we all heard it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, can I just encourage you? Like you, you could be thinking that what we're talking about is just a fantasy, But I want to reassure you, there are, I I can think of several couples in our church that slowed things down and had a chorus of people cheering them on when they got together. Right. And some that we knew, they were interested in one another for months before they even knew they were interested in one another. And they were taking it slow. They were guarding their heart. and. And, and for some of us, there was, like, such anticipation, like, oh, man, right. once this go, goes public, this is going to be so fun to be able to watch this this relationship unfold. Right. I, I can think of uh, a, a young man in our church who was, just like Rachel described, he was dating a girl for for, like, probably a couple of years that was totally not living out her faith in Christ the way he was. Now, on one level, that's fine. We're individuals; we're different. But so much so to where he really saw the value of a local church family, and he was just like he was serving in ministry, he was leading small groups, he was investing uh, investing in in younger people, and and every time we talked about her, hey, how so and so, and and how's her church connection? Because she lived in a she lived in a different community. She he he would go to bat for her. He would he would he would uh, I want to say make excuses. He I'm trying to say it in a positive way. He would. He would represent her position as positively as possible. Mm -hmm. But he was honestly always just making excuses for her. Oh, she's really, you know, she thought she found a good church, but, you know, she's not able to go now because she's got this coming up and that coming up and then she got a new job and then her her grandma got sick or whatever it was. There was always something.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And at a certain point, we finally just said, dude, are you sure? Like, come on, be honest with yourself. Is that what you want to marry into? And their relationship came to an end shortly thereafter, and I think it was within a year and a half, met his current wife, who was an absolute match, just an absolute match. And I promise you, if you talk to this guy today, he would tell you it was absolutely a God thing. It was disappointing Mm -hmm. at the time. It was difficult to break up. It was hard to back off and say no, but it's 100% undeniably God and there's a chorus of friendships around them that can say thank you Jesus that he chose the one that was well suited for him
1: right I agree
0: you've got a great spouse in your future you do you got a great spouse in your future don't rush it take time even if it takes a little bit longer know what you're getting into know who this person is know what they're known for all right other thoughts
1: I don't have any other thoughts. Is it good?
3: Aaron, anymore more sneezes? <laughs> I, I feel like this episode's right getting out. real long. All
0: right. We should cut this off. Uh, we, uh, we Guys, we, we really do consider it a privilege, privilege to be a part of this conversation with you. We love you guys. Uh, if you're listening to this and you came upon it um, because somebody shared it with you or or somehow through the mystery mystery of the cyber or cyber world, <laughs> cybernet.
1: Now you sound very <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. yeah. Through so the mystery okay. of the internet, maybe <laughs> you came across us uh, uh, somehow. Man, that's that's cool. If you find mm-hmm. this beneficial, if you find it really frustrating, uh, feel free to reach out, send us some questions, and we'll help you to better understand. Hopefully, we can help you to better understand the heart behind this. But it is uh, the, with this expectation that God has something better for you. So don't do relationships the world's way.
3: Yeah. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. is a good church word. It means yes, let it be so. All right. So, uh, Rachel, why don't you pray for our listeners and we're going to call it a day. All right.
1: God, we thank you so much for these young men and women, uh, and old men and women of God that, uh, God, I pray they would fall more in love with you, that they would keep their eyes on you and that they would absolutely trust you with their hearts. I thank you for helping them to have wisdom and guarding their hearts. And uh, I thank you for what you want to do in and through our church and through anyone listening to this. God, I pray that uh, you would do something great in marriages, future marriages. And we love you in Jesus' name. amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Cybernet.